0: Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Wong. I talk anything and everything that has to do with AI, ML, and data science. A subcategory of machine learning is deep learning, which uses multi-layered neural networks to automate historically difficult machine tasks, such as image recognition, NLP, natural language processing, and machine translation at scale. Um, TensorFlow, which emerged out of Google in 2015, has been the most popular open-source deep learning framework for both research and business. But um, PyTorch, which emerged out of Facebook in 2016, has quickly caught up, thanks to community-driven uh, improvements in case uh, ease of use and deployment for um, a wide range of use cases. So PyTorch is seeing particularly strong adoptions in the automotive industry where it's being applied to pilot autonomous driving systems from like Tesla and Lyft. So the framework also is being used for content classification and recommendation in media companies and then also to help robot um, or support robots in, in uh, industrial applications. So the next wave of adoption will come from enabling lifecycle management and MLOps and Kubeflow pipelines and also the community around that. So for those that are early in the journey, um, the tools are pretty good. And also, you know, if you're using managed services with some open source, like something like uh, SageMaker, AWS and Azure, you can get started pretty fast. So um, let's take a look at some companies that have uh, switched from TensorFlow over to PyTorch, with the first being Disney, um, and trying to identify animated faces in movies. So since um, 2012, engineers and data scientists at the media giant Disney have been um, building what the company calls the content genome, which is a knowledge graph that pulls together content metadata to power machine learning based search and personalization applications across Disney's massive content library. So this metadata improves tools that are used by Disney storytellers to um, produce content, inspire iterative uh, creativity in story making or storytelling, um, Power user experiences through like recommendation engines, digital navigation, and content discovery, and also in, in enabling like business intelligence. So you know, before that could happen, you know, Disney had to invest in a vast uh, content annotation project turning to its data scientists to train its automated tagging pipeline using deep learning models for image recognition to identify huge um, quantities of images of people, characters, and locations. So Disney um, engineers started off by experimenting with various frameworks, including TensorFlow, but then decided to consolidate around PyTorch in 2019. So engineers shifted from a conventional Histogram of Orientated uh, or Orientated Gradients, which is HOG, uh, feature de- descriptors to uh, the more popular um, Support Vector Machine models or S SVMs, to now being um, implementing a version of the detection uh, object detection architect dubbed the Regions with uh, Convolutional Neural Networks or RCNNs. So the latter has more. Um, more power in handling the combination of live actions, um, animations and visual effects common in Disney contents. So it's very difficult to define what is a face in a cartoon. So they're shifting to deep learning methods using an object detector and also using transfer learning. So after just a few thousand faces were processed. You know, this new model uh, is already able to broadly identify faces in all three of Disney's use cases and then it went into production in January 2020. So Disney is using just one model right now for the three types of faces, and that's um, and that's running great in such movies like uh, like Marvel movies like Avengers, where it needs to recognize both Iron Man and Tony Stark, or basically any character you know, wearing a mask. So as Disney engineers are dealing with such high volumes of video data to train and run the model in parallel, they also want it to run on like more expensive high performance gpus when moving into production so the shift from cpus to gpus allowed engineers to retrain and update models faster and also sped up the distribution of results to various groups across disney cutting processing town processing time down from roughly an hour for a feature length movie um to getting results in between you know In between five to ten minutes uh which is pretty awesome and very quick so the tensorflow object detector uh, object detector brought um you know a lot of memory problems in production and was really difficult to update whereas the pytorch had you know Usually has a much better uh, and faster um, approach, being able to take the same object detector and faster RNN, and um, and delivering that much quicker to uh, to production. So the switch from you know one framework to another was surprisingly simple for the Disney engineering team. So the change to PyTorch was easy because you know it's it's all built in, so you could just plug in. Some functions and just get started real quick, so it's not there's not like a like a large uh, steep learning curve. So um, you know whenever um, Disney engineers had an issue or a bottleneck, the PyTorch community has just a vast amount of support that they can turn to. So the next um, company that I want to talk about is the Blue River Technology company, which um, uh, builds weed killing robots. So Blue River Technology has developed. a robot that uses like a heady combination of digital wayfinding, integrated cameras, and computer vision to spray weeds with herbicides while leaving crops alone in almost a near real time, which uh, ends up helping farmers more efficiently conserve expensive and potentially environmentally damaging herbicides. So the Sunnyvale, California-based company caught the eye of you know the heavy machine maker, uh, heavy equipment machine maker, John Deere in um, 2017, when it was acquired for $305 million with the aim to integrate the technology into its agricultural equipment. So Blue River researchers Experimented with uh, various deep learning frameworks while trying to train computer vision models to recognize the difference between uh, weeds and crops, which is a massive challenge when you are dealing with cotton plants, which bear an unfortunate resemblance to weed. So the highly trained, um, you know, uh, engineers were able to draft and and uh, draft, uh, are, are supposed to draft up uh, these. Images manually by doing um, uh, manual image uh, labeling, and then after that, they train a convolutional uh, neural network or CNN using PyTorch to analyze each frame and then produce like a pixel accurate map of where the crops and weeds are. So, like other companies, you know, they they first tried like uh, Cafe, uh, TensorFlow, and then PyTorch. And it, it's, it's, uh, they said that it worked pretty much out of the box for them, which is awesome, or at least PyTorch did. And there's no like bug reports or blocking bugs at all. And um, on the distributed computing side, it really shined and it was just a lot easier to use than TensorFlow, which for data parallelization is, is pretty complex. So um, due to the popularity and simplicity of the PyTorch framework, um, that gives uh, Blue River an advantage when it comes to wrapping up for new hires. You know, that being said, you know, they, they really want uh, a world where people develop in whatever they're comfortable with. You know, some people like Apache MXNet, others like DarkNet, others like uh, Cafe for research. But in production, you know, it has to be a very simple language and PyTorch has everything, um, you know, that, that you, could, you could ever need. So the third company that I want to talk about is DataRocks. Um, and so, Datarux is a cloud-based image analysis company for the mining industry. So, it's founded by a group of geoscientists um, in Australia as a startup, where they apply computer vision technology to the mining industry. So, more specifically, it's um, you know, it's deep learning models that are helping geologists analyze drill core sample imagery faster and, uh, than before. Um, typically. A geologist would have to pour over these samples centimeter by centimeter to assess you know, mineralogy and structure, while engineers would look for physical features such as like faults, fractures, and rock quality. So this process is really slow and prone to human error. And a computer can see rocks just like an engineer would. So if you could see it in an image, the computer can, you know, train a model and analyze it as if, as well as a as a human. Uh, so similar to Blue River, uh, which I talked about before, Data Rocks uses a variant of the RCNN model in production. With researchers turning to data augmentation techniques to gather enough training data in the early stages. So following the initial discovery period, the team set about, you know. Um, Combining techniques to create an image processing workflow for core, uh, for drill core imagery. So, this involves uh, developing a series of deep learning models that could process raw images into a structured format and then segment the important geological information. Um, so using like DataRock's technology, now you can get clients to get results in like half an hour as opposed to five or six hours it would take to log findings manually, which is a huge uh, increase in performance. So this frees up uh, geologists from the more uh, laborious parts of the work when uh, they can automate things that are more difficult, they can get um, you know sometimes they can get some pushback but you're gonna have to be able to explain how you know th- how this this new AI system is is going to uh, improve your um, your bottom dollar and typically a lot of times you know uh, investing into um, into ai is very very difficult to persuade a non-technical person to but once you can just show them like uh, like hardcore uh results such as like numerical results like you know we're, we're increasing our our uh, processing time down by like 300 then it's really easy to get everyone on board so when data rocks first started they used tensorflow which crashed on them for mysterious reasons. Um, so they used PyTorch and then Detection 2, which was released around the same time, and it fitted their needs. So after some testing, they saw that it was a lot easier to debug and work with, and it also occupied less memory. So. Um, so then, you know, DataRocks converted from uh, from TensorFlow over to PyTorch. Now, DataRocks also reported a 4x um, improvement in inference performance from TensorFlow to PyTorch and Detection 2 when running the models on GPUs and also a 3x uh, performance boost on CPUs. So um, what I'm trying to get at, guys, is that, you know, the PyTorch is, is, has a very... Strong. It's a very strong uh, framework with a growing community. It has a well-designed interface. It's really easy to use. Has better debugging, um, which is the reason why a lot of big companies are switch or making the switch from TensorFlow over to PyTorch. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can contact me at tonyphong.com dot com for more information on AI, ML, and data science.